Hi, kiddos. Welcome to Dad Feelings, the podcast about fictional father figures and real-life dads with real feelings. I'm your host, Merritt, and today we are going back to the past, so to speak. No, we're not doing an episode on the angry video game nerd, although he is a dad, so... Oh, that would be a good get if I could get James Rolfe. I'm going to write that down. Let's do that. Um, We are talking about a Buffy episode, and we did previously have uh, John Levitt on to talk about Giles. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I think it's great. Giles is one of my favorite father figures in media. He's one of the characters that inspired me to start this podcast. But today we are talking about a different character who only appears in one episode. And that episode is called Ted. And in case you haven't seen Buffy... Um, in case you don't really know, like, what the deal is with it, I'll do, okay, so, like, I'll do a really quick rundown of what Buffy is, and then I, I'll give a sort of synopsis of the episode in case you haven't seen it or you need some catching up. So, basically, Buffy is about a girl who has, <laughs> is, like, the slayer, the chosen one who fights vampires and demons and monsters, um, and she's in love with a vampire who has a soul, and it's a whole thing, um, but if he gets horny, then he loses his soul again, and um, it's a whole deal. So this Ted is an episode in the second season. So they've defeated this big bad vampire in season one. And then season two, you know, there's like monsters of the week. There's like these two vampires, Spike and Drusilla, who are causing problems. But they've temporarily ran them off. And the episode starts with like everything kind of quiet. Um, And, you know, Buffy's friends, Xander and Willow, they're just like, oh, I love it when things are quiet around here. And then they get to Buffy's place and it's obviously setting us up for some kind of horror, right? Like this whole thing of like, oh, it's quiet, too quiet. So they get to the door and it's open and there's these kinds of menacing strings and Buffy like, you know, edges into the darkness and here's this wine glass crash and here's your mom like shout she rushes into the room um and it's her mom kissing john ritter (laughs) who is not playing john ritter um he's playing a man named ted and buffy and ted have not met before and like so her mom joyce is like introducing them and buffy is like immediately suspicious and resentful like all these late nights at the gallery i guess you're cataloging more than art And Joyce is like, oh, I didn't want you to meet him this way. Like, I was going to introduce you. But, like, like, well, this is where we are now. Um, And so we sort of learn a little bit about Ted. We learn that he sells computer equipment. And he cooks really well. And so he immediately makes friends with Willow and Xander. Because Willow is, like, a a geek. And Xander likes food. (laughs) And so, like, he's making these mini pizzas. And they're both just like, oh, that's so cool, Ted. You like computer and make pizza? I love you. You're great. Um, And he tries to apologize to Buffy. He's like, you know, I'm very fond of your mother. And I know you're the most important thing in her life. So, like, you know, I want – you're pretty important to me too. And, you know, Joyce is like, I I want you to be okay with this. And he, like, puts his arm around her and is like, no, we want you to be okay with this. So then we cut to Buffy just, like, beating the shit out of a vampire while Giles is sitting on a bench – And um, in Buffy, like, usually there's, like, a fight with a vampire, and then she, like, stakes them. And, like, that's one of the main ways you kill vampires in the Buffyverse. And then they just die. And, like, there's some kind of preliminary fight that they have to do first. But Buffy is just wailing on this guy. And Giles is like, uh, I think he's 
good. Like you can you can stake him now. Like he's uh you can do it. And um she finally does. And uh you know, starts like giving the speech because he's like, Is there something wrong? And like he's she starts getting into this thing of like, Oh, vampires are creeps. They like, you know, everyone's having a great time and they move into your house and start making mini pizzas and I hate them. And uh Giles is like, Oh, this is about something else. Okay. And it's this isn't coincidental, I don't think, that this is like the first scene after that. Because Giles is kind of her father figure, um, at this point. Like Buffy has a biological father. Um, her parents are divorced. And in an earlier episode, um, possibly a later episode, I forget, in an episode of the show, it's revealed that Buffy believes that she was at least partly responsible for her parents splitting up. Um, and there's a whole episode where she's like waiting for her dad to like show up to like take her to some show or ice skating or something. And then he like doesn't show. And like she has sort of has to like let go of, of that relationship because he's never really going to be what she wants him to be. Giles kind of steps in as this mentor figure. Um, and as the series develops, that becomes really clear. And again, you should totally listen to that episode with John Levitt because it was a really great time. Um, so... Next day at school, Buffy's friends are like, hey, Buffy, like, Ted's Ted's okay. He makes mini pizzas and gets me computer software that I need. Um, and she's just, like, suspicious, like, mm, there's something too clean about him. I don't know. And uh, Xander suggests that they're in Sigmund Freud territory. And, uh, like, they're talking about how, like, oh, the mother's being taken away and you're in conflict with the father figure. And she, like, is just like, he's not my father figure. Seeing my mom Frenching a guy is a ticket to therapy land, but there's something else going on. And then Ted shows up, like, right behind them and is like, I'm updating the school's software, and you should come to mini golf with us. Uh, and Buffy's like, I don't want to go to mini golf, but Xander and Willow are like, Yeah, mini pizzas. We love it. Um, there's a Giles subplot with this, like, lady that he's sort of dating, but they aren't because she got possessed and it's a whole thing um it's not really important it's sort of the b plot to this episode it's one of the continuity things um that happens and then buffy's like taking care of angel who is the vampire that she loves played by david boreanaz um and she's like sort of like you know bandaging bandaging him up because he's like he got beaten up in a fight in an earlier episode and um she's just like complaining about angel (laughs) or not about angel but at angel about ted and um, she's like, oh, I don't need some new guy in my life. And Angel's like, well, maybe your mom does. Uh, and like, is there any guy that would satisfy you? And she's like, my dad. And then immediately realizes like, oh, that's not going to happen. Um, and she's like, won't stop talking about, about Ted at Angel. And he's trying to just be like, hey, your mom, you know, being alone is hard. Um, you should like let your mom have this thing. Maybe give him the benefit of the doubt. So they do go to mini golf and John Ritter, I have to say this, sells this character so well because you are, he straddles that line perfectly of like, he seems really nice, but also there's this edge of like, what is happening? And that really becomes clear in this scene because they start off, they're just playing mini golf and he's like, Buffy, I bet the boys are lined up around the clock to get a day with you, which like I was screaming when I, when I rewatched this episode and like I heard that line and um, 
it's just like a fucking weird thing for like someone dating your mom to say uh and uh yeah so then you know willow almost spills that like oh no she's too busy like slaying vampires but she's like studying we call her like book cracker buffy and uh he's then he's just like yeah well maybe that means your grades will be picking up soon like your mother told me about your grades and buffy's just like that's like a violation and what the fuck um and uh so buffy like accidentally knocks her ball like into the water or something and um joyce is like oh that's okay we won't count it and ted is like no no rules are rules and there is such a thing as right and wrong and we are setting an example and that's the example she will take out into the world so you have to take that shot from there and we are counting it like buffy's like okay dude like whatever so she like goes over and like picks up her ball and then just like no one can see her and so she like drops it into the holes and she's like oh i got a hole in two and ted's like i don't think so um and he keeps calling her a little lady which is something that continues throughout the episode and he gets furious at her for cheating. He's just like, right is right. Wrong is wrong. I'm not wired that way to understand nuance. It's not just a game. It does count. And I don't stand for that kind of malarkey in my house. And Buffy's like, well, it's not your house. Um, and he's like, I'm going to slap that little grin right off your face. And then everyone else shows up. And it's just like, hey, who wants cookies? And it's just like, holy fucking shit he's like gaslighting her now and like and threatening her and um you know the next morning uh buffy gets up and joyce is like oh do you want some sticky buns ted made them and buffy's like no i don't want to eat ted's sticky buns and joyce is like mad at her attitude and is like talking about how ted is trying to be nice to her and um you know she's like oh maybe i do love him you know it's not like men beat down the door when you're a single parent and Buffy tells her, like, oh, Ted threatened me. But Joyce doesn't believe her because Ted told her after the incident that, like, he caught her cheating and was decent about it. Um, and, like, just doesn't believe Buffy when she's like, he threatened to hit me. Which is like, oh, my God, what is happening? This is, like, horrible. Uh, so then he's like, oh, he like, Ted's making dinner tonight. Like, oh, this guy cooks a lot. This is kind of, huh. So Buffy wants to investigate Ted um, and uh, she's talking about how Ted's acting like she's in the way and like her mom's acting all stepford. So her friends are going to do some research. She goes to Ted's job to spy on him. She pretends to be a temp and is like asking about him. Um, this like other helpful employee is like, oh yeah, like nobody beats the machine. And like, I wonder if that's like a reference to like Levine, the machine uh, from Glengarry Glen Ross. But uh, apparently Ted has a wedding set for two months from now. And Buffy's like, what? I haven't heard anything about that. She goes over to his desk and it's like totally empty except for a photo of Joyce. And she takes it out of the frame because she recognizes the photo and unfolds it. And Buffy is in the other half of the photo, but he just folded it over. So it's just Joyce. So they have dinner. Ted is like subtweeting Buffy being like doing this prayer where he's like bless this house and let the people in it be more productive considerate and honest and then asks how school was which is like a thing a dad would say so it's like oh what um buffy isn't eating everyone else is and he's still calling her little lady buffy asks if they're engaged and joyce is like no and ted's like well you know what if things keep going well i might ask 
how would you feel about that? And Buffy's just like, I'd feel like killing myself. <laughs> uh, and Ted's like, well, you should get used to me because I'm not going anywhere. Uh, Joyce sends Buffy to her room and she still hasn't eaten anything, which is important. Uh, so Buffy's like moping. She's like, she climbed out of her window and is like sitting on the swing and it's just like, here, vampires, like, come on, vampires, I want to work out my anger at Ted by kicking your ass. She comes back into her room and Ted is waiting in the dark to yell at her for breaking the rules and has gone through all her stuff and found all her like slayer equipment, like the Bible and like crosses and weapons and stuff and he's like i don't see how it's any different from you going around my office and uh he threatens to tell joyce about all of buffy's weird slayer stuff because her mom doesn't know at this point um and is just like you know like yelling like i'm not some goblin you made up in your diary psychiatrists have a word for this it's called delusional and he's like threatening basically to send her to a mental institution which she has been in before um and uh he's gonna take her diary so that he can blackmail her and she's just like you're not taking that um she grabs him and he smacks her in the face and she just like comes back and is like i am i was so hoping you would do that and just wails on him because she's super strong um she and like this ultimate revenge fantasy of like shitty dad figures like being abusive she just like kicks his fucking ass knocks him down the stairs and then joyce like runs up to him and is like you know she's yelling like buffy stop when he's like a grown man that attacked her first um and uh he's dead and so like we fade to him in a body bag and the cops at her house um you know the cop is interviewing joyce and joyce just says he fell buffy's like no i hit him so Buffy gets interrogated and she's like kind of getting confused because like she doesn't have a bruise from where he hit her because she's a slayer and is like super strong and the cop is kind of a shithead but like they don't press charges because I guess they believe that Todd hit her. Um, So she goes to school the next day like apparently her mom won't even look at her. Um, You know Xander and Willow are like what was he some kind of like giant bug or like a dark god and he's like no. Uh, Buffy's like no he was a person and I killed him. Um, and there's this whole thing, this tortured thing of like, oh, I killed this guy and like, I had no right to hit him. I'm the slayer. Um, and, uh, you know, Willow and Xander are supportive and so is Giles, but like the cops are like questioning her. Um, so then Xander and Willow are like, okay, we need to find out what's up with Ted because clearly something was going on with this guy. Um, we're going to find out what his deal is. Um, and it turns out that he has no criminal record. And he's, like, citizen of the year. And uh, Xander, like, starts eating one of the cookies that Ted gave them and, like, starts acting really differently. Like, before he was like, we're going to nail this guy. He, there's something wrong with him. And then he's like, you know, it'll it'll all be fine. Um, and Willow realizes, like, something is up. And she's, like, doing research on these cookies. And they're full of, like, this tranquilizer ecstasy combo. And they're like, okay, this is evidence that Ted is a creep. Um, and then Cordelia finds... Uh, these like marriage records and a personal address and so they go to his house um and uh buffy is back in her room and tries to go out on patrol to kill vampires but her window is nailed shut and she turns around and ted is there and is just like you killed me do you have something to say about that and she's like what are you and he's like 
oh, I'm a salesman. And a good salesman always bounces back. So he starts choking her and is like, oh, I just shut down for a while to get you off my back. And then Buffy stabs him with a nail file and he starts to like malfunction, like saying different things and just like acting weird. He knocks her out and then goes downstairs to Joy's. In the meantime, the gang breaks into his house and they discover that he's been married four times but never divorced. And the first time he was married was like in the 50s. And, uh, you know, they're like investigating his house and they find a secret room under his like weird barren house that looks like the 50s. And they find his first four wives in his closet. Uh, Ted goes downstairs to see Joyce and she's like freaking out. And Ted's like, um, no, it's like, it's a miracle. I'm okay. Like I, they thought I was dead and I got out of the morgue and whatever. And Joyce is like, you know, Buffy never meant to hurt you. She's so sorry. And he's like, you don't have to worry about anything. Daddy's here. And for the second time I was like screaming like, Oh my God, this is John Ritter is playing this so well. It's so fucking creepy. Um, and, uh, Ted is just like, oh, I'm going to make you so happy. And Joyce is like, no, I want to talk to Buffy first. Um, I, I need to tell you, I need to tell her that you're back. And Ted's like flipping out, like, don't I always tell you what to do? Like, I don't take orders from women. Um, Buffy wakes up and like Joyce is getting nervous. Ted wants to just take her. Um, and he starts yelling like, you left me once, but I keep bringing you back. Husband and wife is forever. He knocks her out. Um, Buffy comes out and Ted is again like, I don't stand for this kind of malarkey in my house. And she just smashes him in the face with a frying pan. And is like, well, Teddy, this house is mine. And turns out he's a robot. Uh, if you didn't already get that from all the, I'm not wired that way. I'm a machine. And Buffy just, just smashes him up with a frying pan. And so we get this wrap up scene where Buffy and her mom are hanging out on the porch and they're like, Oh, let's rent a movie, but nothing with horror romance or men. So I guess we're Thelma and Louise in it again. And Joyce is like scarred by this whole thing. Like, oh, I still think he's going to jump out at me. And Buffy's like, oh, he's on the scrap heap of life. (laughs) So um, epilogue, basically, Ted was a sickly loser who was dying and his wife dumped him. So he built a better Ted who was a robot who captured his wife and kidnapped her and took her to this bunker until she died. Then he keeps kidnapping other wives that are like her. And then at the very end of the episode, uh, Buffy tries to go into the library, but Giles and Jenny are making out, um, and her, like, reaction to that is more just, like, oh, eye-rolling, like, what's with grown-ups? It's very much less, it's not similar to, like, the seeing my mom making out with someone, um, which is kind of interesting. But anyway, I apologize if you have seen this episode recently, because uh, that was a pretty exhaustive synopsis, but... Let's talk about themes. One of the big themes of this episode, of course, is around um, Buffy's powers spilling over into her mundane life. Her role as a slayer versus her role as a student and a daughter are in conflict. Um, And especially here, there's this grief over the fact that she may have killed a human being. This comes up again later when um, another slayer accidentally kills a human and it's like a whole deal. Buffy did actually kill a human being before this episode, but I guess it was an assassin who was trying to kill her. So maybe that's different. Um, But I think much more important than that, you know, that's sort of an important theme in, in the continuity of the show. 
But as a one-off episode, I think the theme of domestic terror is really important. Buffy's home is being disrupted by an invader. And to me, this episode is pretty obviously about the essential terror of the stepfather. So um, just to preface all of this, I don't think step-parents are inherently bad or love their children any less than, like, biological parents. Um I yeah I I think you know any parenting relationship is is complicated and there are a lot of factors that go into the stuff um but that said I think the the figure of the stepfather um and in the reality of the stepfather it can often be a difficult one so it's this kind of older patriarchal figure with no necessary affections for the children um in this relationship that he's coming into uh, which is maybe more true of a man dating a woman than, you know, a committed stepfather. Um, and so I feel like from children's perspective, uh, at best, a stepfather is often seen as um, replacing a father, but not having legitimate authorities. So like the phrase, you're not my dad is about that, right? And at worst, um, you know, stepfathers can be abusive. And yes, biological fathers can be abusive too. Um in evolutionary psychology, which I think is is kind of bullshit, but I think it's worth mentioning, there's this thing called the Cinderella effect, which attempts to explain um, why step parents or step fathers seem to abuse their children at higher rates than biological fathers. And the way that they explain it is like, well, it's about like evolutionary fitness and like, you know, you don't put as much effort into caring for children um that aren't yours because they're not continuing your genetic line which like i think evolutionary psychology is bullshit because it basically attempts to explain current behavior in terms of adaptations and doesn't consider that tons of behavior is maladaptive and also that like (laughs) behavior changes over time and like whatever that's a whole different topic but like there is like it's worth noting that there is like attempts to research that stuff um and in the case of this episode like Tad really quickly goes from just being like oh he's like trying to get with my mom and like replace my dad to abusive right like he really quickly escalates to threatening her invading her privacy gaslighting her hitting her um and threatening her to like threatening to like send her to an institution so like I think encountering a step parent is like like who as a child is like who is this person and like what am i to them um and obviously this episode like makes this about horror right it makes it about like the invasion of a home by like a monster um but i think like even prior to that stuff that like prior to that stuff happening in the episode like there is this fear of like is this person like taking my mom away from me like you know, um, it's sort of this like, oh, well, there's already been this one change. I think for children of divorce, it's like, there's already been this one change. And like, am I responsible for that? Um, but then there's this other thing. If your parents starts dating of like, okay, what is my relationship to this person? Um, like, how is this going to change my relationship with my parents? Uh, and it introduces a lot of complexity and um, in some cases, like conflict and stress, and it's like a difficult thing. 
And this episode of Buffy isn't the only media to explore this theme. There's actually a film from 1987 that was remade in 2009 called The, uh, the Stepfather, which is kind of similar in that it's about this serial killer who uh, kills his family and then like marries a widow with a teenage daughter, um, which again is like so- sort of like the extreme example. Um, and it's interesting because I don't, you know, I think it plays on a lot of people's fears, but like at the same time, I think those more mundane fears are um, really intense as well. And it's interesting because evil stepmothers, of course, are a really common theme in fairy tales. Uh, they, you know, e- even in sort of like modern, uh, modern fairy tales, uh, like Disney versions, they are present in a lot of those. And, um, Bruno Bettelheim, who is like, was like a psychologist who wrote a lot about fairy tales, um, thought that the evil stepmother represents a psychological splitting of the, of the mother into the true good mother and the false mother that contains all of the qualities that the child dislikes in, in their actual mother. So they can basically, you know, take away all of those things that, that upset them that are part of this person because everyone has these sort of good and bad qualities, but they can take them all out of that so that they can idolize the mother while then putting them onto this other figure. Um, so that's like sort of one explanation for that concept. There's also the uh, kind of historical argument that um, there may have been hostility over inheritance. So a stepmother may want their child that they have with, a man to inherit the family wealth and they may sort of be in conflict with um with their stepchildren over that so evil stepmothers very common right evil stepfathers aren't really it's kind of hard to find examples of them in fairy tales and in like that kind of literature in sort of older stories, Claudius from Hamlet is one example that I can think of, but he isn't played so much as a stepfather as he is an uncle. You could like argue that, yeah, he is sort of stepfather figure, but like, because he is already the uncle that sort of takes precedence, I think. Um, and I think, you know, there's a few possibilities for, for why this is. Um, the most obvious I think is that, stepfathers are seen as more charitable because of their willingness to marry or date women with children. Um, So whether you believe that it's charitable because they're not maximizing their fitness, their evolutionary fitness by doing that, whether you believe that it's charitable just because men don't like kids for social reasons or whatever. um, I think there's a case to be made that like, stepfathers are seen as altruistic almost if they're like oh i will accept you and your children like yeah sure i'll take care of them that's great i'm i'm cool um again like i'm not saying this is the you know uh case of any specific person i just think there is that sort of uh perception uh of stepmothers versus stepfathers is that stepfathers are more kind of like we give them more of a benefit of the doubt, which is interesting because patriarchy makes them more terrifying than stepmothers in the real world. Um, they sort of symbolize 
all of the fear of the father without necessarily any of the good qualities. Again, necessarily, like they often do, they often are great parents. Um, and there is research again on like the rates of child abuse between biological and step parents. And like one 1984 study uh, in San Francisco was, it was a sample of 930 adult women and it revealed that 17% um, of respondents had a stepfather um, as a principal figure um, were sexually abused by, by him. And I think it was like 2% from biological fathers. But the thing is like all like the ways that research is done, um, not just like, you know, that kind of respondent based research, but research that uses like official data um, is, is complicated in terms of the methodology, because like if you're using official statistics about, um, about familial violence or cause of death or things, um, there is possibly a bias against step parents and like favoring biological parents in terms of like reporting on that stuff. Right. Like if you, there already is this cultural bias against step parents, then that will probably be reflected in the official statistics on, on violence and child abuse. So it's complicated. There's like, if you we actually want to talk about like data, it's like, there's it's there's a lot going on and I'm not an expert on this literature. I just thought it would be interesting to bring some of that in. Um, and again, like I think uh, it is also difficult to be an adult dating with children or to be an adult dating someone with children. Like that is a complicated situation. Um, and definitely uh, I think most people in that situation are not, uh, not killer robots or even bad people. Um, and uh, a few more things that I wanted to mention about this episode again, like John Ritter sells this so well. He's kind of like, or he was kind of like this ultimate wholesome guy. Um, and the fact that he cooks so much is apparently a reference to uh, his sitcom Three's Company, where his character is a chef, which I thought was kind of interesting. So that is going to do it for this episode of Dad Feelings. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I think this is a great episode of Buffy to go back to. The show doesn't hold up as as a whole. Like, it, I'll be honest, watching it again, I was like, man, this dialogue is like super, super Joss Whedon, and it's a little much. Um, but it's a fun, if kind of scary, episode. Um, definitely those episodes where they bring in like horror around the family i think are some of the most effective episodes of the show obviously the body is like cited as one of the most important episodes um of buffy but i think this one is is really key too and that it explores buffy's like feeling of ownership of the home and like she is sort of the person who is responsible for her household she feels like other than like monetarily you know she's the the only child up until dawn um and even then, she's the elder child. And she's the slayer, too. She's had to take on so much responsibility as a teen and, like, can't have a normal life. Um, and Ted threatens her authority. Um, and Even before it's revealed that he's, like, a, a killer robot. And by the end of the episode, this male presence is banished. And I don't think it ever really comes back before that episode, The Body, where, spoiler, um, Joyce dies and at that point Buffy really does sort of just become the 
actual head of the household and takes on this parental figure for all of these other people. So I think it's a really critical episode in terms of the growth of that character. Uh, now this is really the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, again, please do check out that episode on Giles uh, that I did with uh, with John Levitt. That was a bonus episode of the show. So if you uh, uh, pledge $3 or more on Patreon, then you can get access to that episode and all other bonus dad feelings and Woodland Secrets episodes. Thanks so much, kiddos. I will see you later. Bye. Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Me at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foiled Gear. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at DadFeeling and at StayMeanCo. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>